When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And And this this is Season 4 of Better Let Let Me Tell You. today about gray hair I'm, i still stand by what, what i say listen that is absolutely fine and i stand by my whole thing of like if you being old has nothing to do with your hair color it's a state of mind and there are people there are people who have jet black hair at 22 and act like they're 73 i don't disagree <laughs> with what you're saying my whole shtick is first of all you got to do you and do do what makes you feel what makes you yeah. happy well, by the way, everybody, welcome to episode 152. 152. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy welcome Friday. to Pedro. Let me tell you. Yes. How yes. is everybody? Happy Friday. They're doing well. They're getting ready, you know, for the weekend, but more importantly, they're getting ready for April 21st so they can join us for trivia night at Beat yes. Culture Brewery. Yes, yes, yeah. Great plug. Yeah, see. Yes, yes. Listeners, especially our local, well, everybody's welcome. Yeah, I, I mean, hop- if you want to trek down from Cambodia, I mean, you know, to listen, our listeners in Cambodia, maybe- if you want to take an international flight, you know, <laughs> that may be hard to get because of COVID. You know? Even if you win the gift card, it is the most expensive prize you'll ever win. Yeah, I mean, but we are going to be having trivia night. <clears throat> Uh, at Beat Culture yeah. on Wednesday, Wednesday, April 21st, April 21st. starting at 7. We're super excited about it because, you know, in 152... More than that, because we've done episodes, bonus episodes. Yeah. Ish and I have, may have said a couple of times that we lived in other places. Once New York, Michigan. You know, we've been around... Yeah, Milan, we've been around. Old Navy. Um, <laughs> and trivia is something that in... Uh, like, in Michigan, trivia was like... Big yeah. time. A and friend like in, of mine in New York hosts trivia. In Boston, trivia is like religion. You know, like yeah, 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 people yeah, yeah. go. Your you know, team is like your right. team. People have the Sabbath and they have Sunday <laughs> to go to church. And then Wednesdays, it's like. It's trivia night. It's trivia night. It's trivia know? night. Come hell or um, high water. And for some reason. It's not a thing here. It's not a thing here in Miami, which I don't even know why because it's so fun. 
Well, I think it's fun. I it because it is, duh. I mean, usually trivia is done in like a bar or a pub. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's at a library, right? It's usually in like a very social area, an event, an event that involves drinking. So we are and... trying to make trivia great again. We are. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we we're trying to make trivia happen, yeah. like like fetch, like but fetch. Yes, yeah, yeah, but fetch didn't happen. But didn't it though? Because we're still saying it. How many years later right. after Mean Girls? Right. You are right. You are right. <laughs> kind of did happen. Yeah. So everybody, if you're around, if you're around on Wednesday and you're you're nearby, please, please, please join us. Come and yep. say hi. Have a great um, yeah. Have time. Fun. fun. You know, Beat Culture is a great brewery. Yes. Two great for atmosphere. one beer, by the way, for those who are playing trivia. And it's tacos and two, trivia. I, I think it's two dollar tacos. Yes. And us. And us. And I what think more do you want? I think we're gonna have some merch there. We are gonna have merch. Um, we're gonna. You can also, if you, if your team wins, you win a gift card for for Beat Culture Brewery. Yes. Yes. And we're gonna toss in some shirts. Right. So. And by the way, it's gonna be general trivia, so it's gonna have a little bit of everything, a little yeah. bit for for everybody. So yeah. you know, don't think that just because you are not into you know, maybe sports or maybe right. into like sci-fi right. or whatever that you're not, there's not it's actually, be it, it's actually going to be interesting because we, we, the way we've set it up is the first round of questions, if I remember correctly, is going to be things that are like your interest yes. kind of sort of, then it's my interest, then it's, you know, about cu- famous Cubans. And, right. and so, you know, and then there's un popurri there. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you say my interest, it's, it's really, I, I think it's hilarious when people, Tell me. I don't know what to get you. You're the hardest person to shop for. I'm like, anybody that knows me knows. I, there's five things. There's, okay, list the five things that I am. That you are or that you like? The, 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 you know, the, the five big things. Okay. There is stadiums. Ballparks. Ballparks, okay. Yeah. Uh, ocean Liners. Yep. James Bond. Yep. Mariah Carey. Yep. Full House. Yep. And and the Yankees. But bueno, I mean, but uh, but you said top name five. Yeah, well, and you, I did. They, they, no, you did. You <laughs> yeah. did. So it'll be six and the Yankees. Right. Right. It's like there's so much stuff you can get within that, especially now with that categories. Scene. Right. There's just so much, so much, and like my interests are very defined. You know. Yeah, it's not like le gusta la música. Yeah. You know that you don't know what that means. No, I mean I like a wide range of people, but right. yes, no, 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 but but. but like there's people who it's like, oh, I like music. You okay, know, you what? get me a Mariah Carey box vinyl set, and it's gonna make me pretty darn. You're happy. gonna be happy, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, so. Yeah. But anyway, the conversation we were Ish and I were having earlier today <laughs> about gray hair. You know, obviously you do you, and you do what makes you happy, and you do what you know, whatever you think looks best or doesn't look best on you. What, Even, you know, whatever makes you happy. whatever makes you happy. I I hate gray hair. I I I have some gray, and I use. I have to say, I like the gray on you. You you've got some gray in your beard. You've got it at the temples. It's ve- it's very very I very charming. Hate I, it. I, well, you know what? You look very zaddy. Thank you, thank you. But I hate it. I don't like it. I. I don't think I could pull it off. I rather you can pull it off when you have your glasses on. I, it's just not me. Very and like professor. I rather I rather just you know patch it up <laughs> with just for men. My God, it sounds like you're using spackle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I rather apply just for men because I it's it's when you say that oh because I want to look young forever. It's not that I want to look young forever. I I'm already in my 40s. I know I can't pull off looking 21, and that's okay. I don't want to look 21. Right. I just want to look youthful for my age that doesn't mean i want to look 20 that i just want to look youthful. fair enough but i mean i'm going i've got gray and i'm balding but 
you know, the other day I was wearing overalls and a Tom and Jerry t-shirt. I think that was youthful. Right. <laughs> you do you. You you do you know? what makes you happy. But to me, gray hair, and I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are attracted by gray hair. Yes, you I know? do love a distinguished they, looking gentleman. They find it very sexy. I mean, mm-hmm. like freaking George Clooney created a whole gray, That's true. gray, um, gray man revolution, That's you know, true. like a lot of people find that attractive, distinguished, whatever. I think it really ages people. Like I, we, I was giving the example of Alice and Janney. Alice and Janney, because it turns uh, out she's actually been wearing a wig for yes. the last I don't know how many years. Right, on, but she had mom. Right, but she hadn't gone public with the girl. Right, no, no, no. She, she found we found out about it like this week because yeah. she, I think, it was like the last episode of Mom. Right, she showed up with her right. natural I, hair. I've seen her. I've seen her do like the rounds of the talk shows. Right, and I know it's the last season of Mom, so they probably already filmed it. Uh, yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now she, you know, I thought, oh, she cut her hair and just let right, it, right, right. you know, let it go. The, the natural yeah. gray go. And it's not even that she looks bad, but if you look at pictures of her Last like a month. year ago, yeah. she aged. And then you said, oh, she looks like Helen Mirren. No, 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 no. I didn't say she looked like Helen Mirren. I said that even gray hair, her and Helen Mirren, who's also mm-hmm. gray haired, are two of the hottest broads around. Listen, I think Helen Mirren, is Helen the, Mirren is like 76, 77. She is one of the sexiest she's, women out there. She is very attractive for her That age. woman's got a rack right. on her. I mean, Right, but Allison Janney is like, I think 60. She's in her 60s, yeah. So she looks the same age as Helen Mirren, like now with this new hair. I just, I, I don't know. I always think people look better with non-gray hair, but what do I know? Like, what do I know? I'm not a, what is it? A colorist or? A color, you're not a stylist, uh, a colorist. I'm not a colorist, uh, but I know my coloring just for men. And if you don't know your coloring, what else? I, I, I figured you know, it out. I nothing. I, I know. Is it like, actually, it's like no, a listen, blend? No, just for men to get it to look natural. Guys, listen up. Listen this up. is the learn part. So this is the learn part. <laughs> the problem with just for men uh-huh. is that just for men, the el, el tinte, like, the uh, color is very strong. That's so, why it always looks fake. Right. So if you get like a brown, you're getting like ultra brown. Yeah, like, like baka brown. Chocolate brown. Yeah, 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 Right? So what I do, because my, it's weird because I don't have red hair, but my beard is kind of a little ginger. You do have a little, a little, yeah, reddish tint. a little tint, ginger yeah. and like brown. So what I do is I buy the lightest shade of blonde. Okay. And I leave it for 20 minutes. You're only supposed to leave it for five. Oh, so you let it sit longer. So, so, I, I, so okay. it gets a darker color, but it's ah. a lighter shade of blonde. So when I die, you know, when I wash it off, it looks natural. Because okay. the problem with Just For Men is that if you buy the color you think you're buying, it's, it's too saturated. It's going to be more. Yeah. It's just way too saturated. Yeah. So then you walk out looking, I don't know, like an evil villain. Like, you, yeah, you <laughs> look like you use shoe polish. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So guys, that's a secret. Go two or three shades lighter. And just leave it for longer. Mira, there you go. Well, that's the learn session. Thank you for coming to this TED Talk. And if you like gray hair on your head or on your beard, you know, go for it. I do. I got a nice little distinguished thing going. At least that's what I tell myself. (laughs) Anyway, so let's switch topics a little bit because, you know, we... Here we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and... um, I feel like the ugly was referencing me and my gray hair, but go on. Okay, well, I don't necessarily am not a fan of your gray hair i also don't think it's ugly <laughs> like calm down there um so you know there's a couple of incidents i just wanted to mention mm-hmm. uh this week uh i mean it'd, it'd be 
it'd be very awkward to have a like podcast where we talk about current, current events. events and not talk about current events, current <laughs> events, the two events having to do specifically with the, um, you know, uniformed army officer yes. that got pepper sprayed. And then the other issue was that the was, murder because let's call that, it for was, what it is. that was Dwayne Wright was the murder, the murder of Dwayne Wright. So, for those of you who have, uh, for our listeners who've maybe been under a rock this week, <laughs> well, you know, there's a the lot news. going on. There's a lot. Watch the news. Yeah, there is a, actually. Yeah, there is a lot going on, and even I that I'm actually you've you, named you, it yourself. You, I'm a news. You're junkie. a news junkie. Yeah, I've in the last few months I've stepped away a little bit, and I think just, a lot of people have just they, a little bit. They, they need a little bit of a break. I, I, I watch the news enough to be informed of what's going on because I don't want to be uninformed right right uh but i'm not i'm trying not to dive as deep as i was mm-hmm. like during the election and i think and most people at the beginning of the that. year because you know it's not healthy you need a break yes <laughs> so, mcdonald's is right so so just let's recap a, f- a few of the incidents and there is a video that went viral both of, no uh, both don't, yes both have yes, videos correct the the first video was of a second lieutenant called Caron Nasario. He's black and Hispanic. Oh, Afro-Latino. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nasario. Nasario, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Anita. No, Anita. That's Anita Nasario. No, Anita Nasario. It is Anita, yeah, Anita Nasario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's Puerto Rican, but um, so this gentleman was in a gas station and he was in uniform. He was uniformed. Like there was, he was in uniform. Yeah. And I'm not sure why the cop approached him. Okay. But the officer approached him, and he was in his car, and this is all documented. Yeah, documented. And in this case, the guy had his hands in the air, pleading with the cop, "What did I do? What did I do, officer?" Like he was on the brink of crying. Like, right, right, right. right. He wanted to. He wanted to. And know. the officer proceeded to pepper spray him in the face like three or four times, and without saying what he did, quote unquote. Right, and okay. and. The guy was even making like Western movie alley like alliterations, like oh, you know, like I, I like, like what put him up, partner. Type yes, of like that type of stuff. That was like what? What is going? Yeah, yeah, like that's... what? Um, it's really bizarre. Really that is bizarre. bizarre. And again, this is a man in uniform. You know what he does? What what his role is? He's actually a medic, a doctor. Oh wow! Right. I mean, th- these are people that like see soldiers that have just had their limbs blown off voluntarily and have because to you to go that. to the military voluntarily right. to serve your country right and that's that's what this man sees and to be treated that way and again there is a video his hands are up in the air he's and, asking to, for, right, for elaboration right. Right, right, right and this man pepper sprayed him three or four times then obviously isn't the other- it sad when the pepper spray is the good story well I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, at least it didn't kill him. I, I, I'm saying. It, and then it's, the it's, issue with Duante Wright. So Duante Wright was the kid, 20 years old, who got stopped by a cop because he uh, had an air freshener. Okay, I, 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 I plead ignorance. He was pulled over because he had one of those tree things hanging from yep. his... And because again, in some jurisdictions, that's illegal. It, to have an air freshener yes, hanging from your rearview mirror. It is. Really? It is. it is. They can't stop you for that. Now, let's 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 say things for what they let's call How would things, you even know that? Huh? Like I, I guess um, let's call things for what they are. Those are the type of laws that are created to be able to pull people over without right, without, without impunity. Just, with impunity. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. That's the type of law 
that you profile someone and then you can say they had an air you racially profile someone and then you go oh but i i'm not stopping you because you're black i'm stopping you because if because you had you know your the, car is too the, pine scented yes the pine hanging from your thing because i'm sure that if a white blonde kid would have passed by he right. wouldn't have stopped him right yeah right yeah that's or a, that's a, a white that's girl a in a bmw they probably wouldn't have been stopped yeah Right? That's a safe bet. Let, let, let's call things for what they are. Those type of laws exist I'm for trying, that. I'm trying to figure out how, what that law. I mean, let, let's take let's take the what we're discussing right now out of the out of the equation for a moment. What was the law even passed? Like, what, what is the basis of that law? I guess. Oh, I mean, it probably it was passed because you know hanging that can cause like obstruct your view. Obstruct your view. But how? It's the- but this is not supposed to make sense. You, you're you're not you're not going to find a logic in it because these aren't sensible. These aren't is reasonable this, laws. Is this one of those laws that has existed for time immemorial type of a deal? These are these laws. You know, like that- those things where it's like you can't buy a donkey on a Saturday on the <laughs> third month. You know what I mean? You know, you know those weird ass <laughs> right. laws that still exist. Oral sex is illegal <laughs> right is illegal everywhere. Yeah, um, <laughs> it actually is, <laughs> and. Um, I mean, I don't know the history of the law, okay, why it was okay, passed, okay, okay. No. but all these laws, all these ridiculous laws, like your tints are too dark, your the lights in your car are too bright, you're, you're hanging something from your rear view mirror, all that is passed to be able to justify stopping people. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's passed. Because you, you are not causing any public harm by having that thing hanging from your rear view mirror. But anyway, back to the issue at hand. Um, in the... Case of the guy being pepper sprayed. Mm-hmm. What when when I saw that video, obviously I became angry and upset and all that. I always think these people that you cannot talk to about police reform because no cops and right, you know right, right, right. back right. the blue and you know cops. You know right, right, right. we can't let the bad right. guys get away. Blue line. I, I always I always am curious as to okay what's the wh- line? How are you going to spin that one? What's the line? Right. Because the guy could have not been any more peaceful and any more overt that his hands were out in the air. So why did you have to? Pepper spray him. The guy was and not in distress. He was not being violent. Right, right, right. 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 There was no... Another thing. And you if know, I can add something to it, many of these people who make those arguments that you were just saying, they're also very staunch defenders of the military. Yes. So in this case, specifically... You have I, a veteran. You have a veteran. I, I, I also am curious as to so, how they... So how are you going to spin... I mean, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll find a way of right. spinning it. Right. How are you going to spin that one? Like how? How are you going to spin that one? You know, how are you going to spin, you know, the poor kid being shot? Now, let's talk about that one because that one is the one that now everybody has really. Um, well, that was a mistaken, mistaken identity. Mistake of weapon. Right, weapon right. She wanted to tase him. First of all, first of all. Why did she need to tase right, him? What was the re- right. I, I would like to. I really this, would like to hear. This was. Oh, because like he was resisting arrest, right? Because he was like, why are you stopping me? Like, what is, what is, he He was questioning her. Like, why are you stopping me? Like, so what? having an air freshener is an arrestable defense? Uh, well, but, but, my, but, but, you know, my, the bigger question is, okay, so define resisting arrest now. Because right, apparently right. now you yelling, having a question. being angry at a cop and talking back to a cop saying, why are you arresting me? What is this? Leave me alone. Apparently that's resisting arrest. 
right? Never, because, never mind that you were not asked to get out of the car. When I and, think resisting arrest, I think somebody who is like running away from the cops or trying to or, not get handcuffed, or, or, right? Or not put trying in the to car. get handcuffed, and he's like beating the shit out of the cop. Right. Or, that's resisting right, right, arrest. Right. But questioning you have, is not. Resisting. You have an objection, and yeah, you raising your voice. That is resisting arrest. And furthermore, furthermore. Even if you are resisting arrest, does that qualify for you to kill and shoot someone, shoot and kill someone? Right. Well, in her quote unquote defense, she was not, she was reaching for her taser. She was reaching for her taser. Right. Which a taser, they, they made, we've all seen the memes. A taser weighs half a pound and a Glock Weigh, which, is, which she had weighs between two and a half and three pounds. Yeah. So it's a very big difference. Right. And a Glock, um, a Glock has like two safeties that you, I, like I read on this okay. because I saw something, I saw Megan McCain talking about like in when her, you're shooting a Glock, Star Wars hairstyles. when you're, <laughs> when you're shooting with a Glock, you're shooting with a Glock. Like, there's like you no, know, you know, there's no mistake that it's a Glock, especially a 13 year force veteran. Right. Who is a trainer? Oh, she's a trainer. No, 13 years. No, 26 years. 26. Sorry. 26. And she's a trainer. She's a trainer. So this is someone who... This is somebody who's an expert. On paper, at on least. On paper, is right? an expert. Everything about that case, everything... It's just wrong. It's wrong. From the fact that you stopped the kid for an air freshener to the fact that... Okay, so you stopped her for the air freshener. Give him a ticket this and was send him a, on this his was way. Not, this was a nonviolent infraction. Offense. Right. Okay. You are a cop. Why didn't you de-escalate that? Let's say that the kid was mouthing her off. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you de-escalate that? You are the cop, right? right. This was a non-violent in- in- infraction at you know at worst. I'm right? thinking at most it's a ticket, right? Exactly. I mean, like just exactly. be like, just be like, you know what? I'm just going to issue you this ticket, exactly, and do whatever you want with it. Right. That's it. Because remember, which is what a lot of people don't know. You know, when you when you study law, one of the mm-hmm. cla- big, most important classes you take is called criminal procedure. Criminal procedure is basically... That's where you learn about Miranda and all that. Yes. It's okay. it's predominantly Fourth Amendment um, uh, searches and seizures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so law. where you learn things like the bin C- case like, law. Like, what is it? Bins? Bins versus... Uh... Well, in, in criminal procedure, like you learn the Terry stop, Terry versus Ohio. Okay. You, lo- you learn what standing is, uh, Ricketts versus Illinois. Um, you learn all these things that have a very big influence on policing. Correct. And you also learn the Fifth Amendment, you know, right to self-incrimination, mm-hmm. Miranda, all that. Um, so, you know, in, in this whole thing, in terms of being an officer, part of your duties is to try to prevent the very thing that happened here. Yeah, it's to serve and protect, which theoretically should mean that when you show up to a, again, if you show up to a situation that's already out of hand, that's a different yeah. story. And and I but, have to tell you, but your purpose there is to to bring order, not. And I have to tell you, I can't begin to imagine or relate to what it means to be a black male mm-hmm. in the U.S. And I, in the world. I and mean, I screwed. thankfully have not had an issue. But remember that issue I had a couple of years ago with the cops yeah. when I was going to our friend's house? Yeah. So, you know, for those you who don't story know. Here. Huh? I think you told the story on the yeah, podcast. But it's been a while. No, no, um, no, I was, this was maybe, this was like two years ago because my hair was still long. Okay. And I was wearing gym clothes and I was in my, my car, 
you know, the I had a Dodge Charger Scat Pack. That's like a very high profile kind of car. Like a racer car. Right. <laughs> and I was going to a friend's house and we were in Flagler. It was the area of Flagler that was under construction for like 50 years. <laughs> and... I went. Te metiste en la vía que no era. It was it was an area was that dark. I'm not that familiar with. No, it wasn't dark. It was during the day, but it was an area that I wasn't familiar with. There was construction, so every you know the construction there was one of those things that like yeah, all of a sudden a lane becomes being, another lane and right reconstructed. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up going, and this wasn't on the main road. This was on the you know the side street. The side streets. I ended up going the wrong way in a one way street. There was no tr there was no incoming traffic, mm -hmm. but I was in the wrong way and I was going very slow. Because you were looking for an address. I was looking for an address. I know what they thought. They thought I was dealing. Right. Right. Hey, you know, you're throwing right. You're so they see metal. this guy, you know, like in a charger, this big guy with like all this, you know, the hair, whatever. I was so distracted looking for the address. You didn't even notice the cop. I didn't notice there was a cop behind me. And then it was one of those things that he, you know, he's like, pull over. And I look, and I, I was like, oh, he's not talking to me, right? <laughs> right, like, because I'm looking for an address. I'm for an address. I'm like, Pull over, right? right. And, he, you know, when I look, there were four car cop, cop, cop cars. cars behind me. And he came up to me, and then he was all like, oh, you know, because I was chasing you. You weren't chasing me, because I was going literally five miles an hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was chasing you. OJ didn't went you, faster. Did you see that, you know, you know, that I was chasing you? No, officer, I didn't see that you were chasing me, right? right? And that's when I told you that I looked in my rearview mirror, and it was him and three other cops around me, mm. and they all had their hand... On the gun. On the gun. Right. And I... That, And this is me, you know, that I, you know, right, 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 right. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't know what they were profiling me there as. They were probably profiling me as a drug dealer. This is me, Darian, who went to law school, who <laughs> understands these things. Who watches you Full know, House. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and I looked in the rearview mirror and I looked at that and I'm like, this is how this happens. I'm like, I was very aware that at that moment, I had to be very careful with what I said and how I moved my arms. Right. Because any slight movement can end very badly. Yeah. Right. You should not be afraid of the cops. You should not be afraid that you got pulled over by the cops. You know? Right. And again, that, unless I, I, you're guilty. Right. I'm saying, unless you've, unless right. you've legitimately the, the done something wrong. The cops should not be something. Well, unless you're in right, hot right, pursuit right, 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 of right, a right. crime. Right, right. You right. know? Yeah, but being yeah. pulled over, even if you're, if it's for an infraction, should not be something that you're scared about. And again, you know, I want to say again, I by no means am comparing my experience no, to that, that somebody, you know, who's, who's black goes with. Right, right. But that, but. What I felt in that moment is what, unfortunately, so many black men experience, experience time and time and time and right, time right. and time and time again. Because that, there you go. A situation. Why did they need four cop cars behind me? Oh, no, because they... What, what's the answer to that? Oh, no, because they don't know if you're armed. What, what reasonable suspicion do they have? That This you is where armed. law and criminal procedure comes in. Right. What reasonable suspicion do they have to think... That I'm armed. Right? right? Right. What reasonable suspicion do they have? What actions have I demonstrated? Right. That I'm going slow. So anybody that's going slow, me, right? So in the in in the in the case of the, the yeah. Mm -hmm. So why does she even pull out the gun? 
Like this, or, was, or even a taser. Let's let I'm saying. Let's say she was going to go the for taser. the taser. What was it's the not reason? Like he was attacking her because he was in his car the whole time. The whole time. It's not like he was attacking her that she was in fear for her life right. or her safety. Why did it get to the, that point? So that's why I always say with cops, I like I don't hate cops. I I don't think you know, I think they are necessary. We need law enforcement. We need law enforcement. We need law enforcement. But to say that there is not a problem. A systematic problem with law enforcement in this country is you're either being willfully blind or you're naive, extremely naive or just in denial or you're a racist fuck. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest. I think we found our next (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. You're you're either willfully ignorant, extremely naive or just a racist fuck. (laughs) What, What part of that is not true? Right. And we do like a little pick check one. Yeah. Because, I mean, this keeps happening over and over and over and over right. again. And the crime, no, not crimes, the reasons for the uh, initial stop right, right, or right, encounter right. with the cops keeps getting more and more ridiculous. Like, Yeah, like, it's, it's very benign. Yeah, it's like he was stopped because he had an air freshener. Right. That is the reason he got pulled over. Like, right. what the fuck? Because you had an air freshener? I mean... Yeah. And 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 again, again, it's not again, we need law enforcement. We can't live in a, in a in the, in the wild west in a society where there anarchy is anarchy law enforcement, whatever you want to call it, defund the police, uh, reform the police, whatever you want to call it. We need because to do again, something. defund the police doesn't mean abolishing the police. Defund the police is the worst name ever given to anything. Defund the police means that resources will be allocated differently. Right. Um but from a PR perspective, that's a horrible name. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the name. Um, because but, defund the police sounds like you want to abolish it. Right. I'm not crazy about the name, but defund the police. I mean, I don't have to go into it. I think people by this time know what defund the police is. At least our listeners do. Um, nobody's saying that there shouldn't be law enforcement. You know, I we know some, co- you know, we personally we know, know many, many people in law enforcement that are, are wonderful people right. that do it for their, you know, they believe the in civic, civic duty. duty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is a job that you leave in the morning and you, you don't know, know if you're going to come back. So I get it. Nothing against that. But to say there isn't a systematic problem within the the entity of policing in this country, again. Something needs to be addressed. Something needs to, something, some, something, some, something. Because this is happening over and over and over and over and over and, again. And I will say, you know, I don't think it's anything new. I just think that because we now have social media, we're seeing it. Oh, of it. course. We're seeing of it more. Course. We're of seeing course. It more. So this is not a new quote unquote thing. Right. This is just a more visible. Did you see the other video that went viral yesterday of the kid who was pushed around? No. By the guy in Columbia, North is Columbia, North Carolina. Yeah, in Columbia, yes, North yes. Carolina. There was Carolina, there was this young kid, this young black kid, teenager, maybe 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. He had his um, it's a high school air, age air AirPods on. I think he had a book bag, dressed very gap gap. You know, mm-hmm. um, some jeans, very uh-huh. run of you like run of the mill, okay. right? Um, nothing. See, you're not the any different about what he anything mm-hmm. that he's wearing. And he was walking on the sidewalk, and this guy, this white guy who was an army drill lieutenant comes out and it's like, why are you walking here? Why are you here? And this is on video. Mm. It went viral yesterday or the day before yesterday. Why are you here? And the guy was like, because I'm walking on the sidewalk. And and 
I don't know if the kid did it on purpose mm -hmm. or because that's just his temperament, but he was like cool as a cucumber. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> He, and then you know the guy's He's like, like how, how else do I answer like, this big white guy who's like you know the like buzz cut yeah, rage yeah. and like yeah. you know no hair and like sweating and the veins coming out in his why are you here well because I'm walking, walking on home. the sidewalk mm -hmm. and he's like why are you in my neighborhood because I live by here I've never seen you well I've lived how long have you lived here because I live here and I don't know and the guy life. was like you better leave and he's like well I'm trying to but you keep getting in my way like he was <laughs> Cool as a cucumber. And it ended up with him pushing him. The drill the sergeant. Guy the drill sergeant. The kid. Yeah. And this guy's huge. And this this guy was shorter. Right. You know, a, young, yeah. a young kid. Um, and he pushed him. But you know what? You know what? Le salió caro. Because the next day, <laughs> the next day, there was a huge protest in front of his house <laughs> from all these organizations. Couldn't he be charged with assault? He was. He okay. was, he was okay. arrested. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was arrested the next day. Oh, okay. He was arrested. Okay. And the video went viral. Happy and, ending of sorts. Yeah. So it's like... Ay, como tú dices, uh, it's so exhausting to be a racist. It is. It is exhausting to be a racist. It really, <laughs> really is because it's like you have a problem with everything. Like you have a problem pretty much with humanity. Oh, God. It must be exhausting. Like, like oh, by the time they go home, they must have so much chamomile tea. Yes. <laughs> For sure. I mean, just think about it. Like, it must be so exhausting. Oh, but those are you know you use those examples, and it's always what you say when people are like here, Miami. They're like, right. oh, racism doesn't exist. I get I'm pulled like, over by the cops all the time, and when Officer Sanchez sees my license, and you know the, he's never right, Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, Sanchez isn't gonna be profiling you. Like, yeah. yeah. A, you know, a racism is alive and well in 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 the U.S. Unfortunately, yeah. and uh, again, there. I just think it's. I don't even know what it is of people that like refuse to believe it. I mean, no, no, they refuse to believe it because they're racist fucks. That's why. Like, well, but okay, that's the last option on our shirt, so that works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because remember, people, people. Racism comes in many, sh many, many, shades. many variants. <laughs> no, racism. Comes no, no pun intended. No, no many in, shades in, 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 in a spectrum. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Right, and people think that being a racist is. Like KKK, it, that's right. It. Like KKK, right. or like an outward like oh, neo Nazi. Whether right. it's black, Latino, gay, whatever. Oh, you know there there are less people than we are, and they should have no rights, and they should be right, you right, know, right. taken away, or they should be hurt. It's or always whatever. El people think it's like that extreme. Oh, that is what racism is. No, 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 no. Racism. Racism is, is racism is seeing a black kid mind his own business, walk in, walking in the sidewalk right. of your neighborhood, and go out of your way, go out of your way, get in his face, asking him why is he there. That is racism, you know. Right. Because if that would have been, you know, Britney, you know, blonde Britney, well, right. it would have been Britney Spears, you know. <laughs> I would have been on that sidewalk, okay? Yeah. But you know, if it was, you know. Run of the mill white blonde right. girl, Tiffany, you know, yeah. Tiffany walking down the street. Nobody, everybody would be like, Hi, Tiffany. Hi. Right. You know, hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's things like this has been a charged episode. It is, but I'm, I'm going to try to diffuse before we get to our guest. And I'm going to use this next topic as a mini topic as a nice transition. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that people always talk about in these situations, you know, it's and, and to counter that whole like, oh, that doesn't happen is because of a lack of representation. Right. I mean, I think it's it's like you were saying, actually, we were talking earlier where it's like if you know someone who is X, you know, be it black, Hispanic, gay, whatever, trans, you're a little bit more likely to 
maybe change your views or, or be more sympathetic or what have you. Um, so on that kind of, on a more frivolous note of that though, I read the other day that they are rebooting or remaking, I don't know what term to use anymore, Father of the Bride. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. Starring Andy Garcia. Oh, okay. And it's going to be... Pa- el padre de la novia. Basically, and it's going to be based on like a Cuban-American family. Oh, boy. And the whole, you know, the whole pachanga of... <laughs> Of you know all that, so what do you think of of that type of? Because uh, I know we have opinions about remakes and reboots, but I don't I don't hate reboots. I mean, for God's I think I think most reboots are they're most re- they rebooted Full House. They like, didn't reboot it. That was a sequel. That's different. That's essentially a sequel series. It is, but it's a reboot. Well, like, but, but it's a but, okay. But I'm talking like a remake. You know how ultimate like there's always these umpteen like oh this is the new version of. I would like to think that if Andy Garcia is involved, it probably is production wise. Mm-hmm. It's probably good because Andy Garcia right. is a very selected selective actor. You know, Over, um, overall, yeah, 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 overall, and. You know, he's a veteran. You know, he's been right. around for a while. And um, But I'm pro remakes that like this that are adding a wrinkle. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, like they're yeah. not just remaking it and casting, you know, Ryan Reynolds and another white right. person. Like they're like, okay, let's remake it, but now let's let's show this different culture. This, you know. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. No, no, I, I love it. I love it. Do we know more about the cast? Not yet, but you know who I immediately thought would be perfect for the bride? Who? This week's guest. Y- you know what's funny? <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? When before you said that, I was thinking, did you do this as like purposely transition into like Anna? Like, I I did in a way. I did. I, I was like, damn, how do I get from racist cops to Andy Garcia to yeah. this week's guest? She <laughs> would be. She would. She be would be great. fantastic. She would be great. Do you know? Uh, I mean, if it's gonna be like the same plot line. I mean, the thing is, Father of the Bride is really a very loose plot line. I mean, well, it, is well it, that's a remake from actually. I was going to say Tracy the and father, Taylor. Right, the Father of the Bride that I know is a remake from right. The Steve Martin version is a remake. So of this Spencer is the Tracy. third version of it. Right, but it's the first one that's not about white people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I mean, it's just it's a very loose story. It's literally just like the daughter's getting married and all the craziness of planning the wedding. I mean, that's I just the story. Hope because you know how we talk about this. We always talked about it in 152 episodes. <laughs> how Hollywood always gets gets it wrong. God bless them, they try. But most of the time gets it wrong. Yeah, yeah. I just hope that they have screenwriters. People there like Eta, Gloria. God, they don't God, kill it. People or... like her, you know, right. that are going to bring authenticity. Right, right. You know, or at least raise a hand to say, 
Right. No, that's right. not because how that is. You know the first thing the first thing when you said that and we started talking about Father of the Bride is if I was directing that movie or producing that movie mm-hmm. and I was doing a I mean, I'm assuming that if it's Andy Garcia, it's gonna be Cuban. Yeah, I would assume. We you have to have a scene in the wedding where the vieja are fighting over the centerpiece. Oh, for sure. There has to be. For sure. Like, there has to be. And I'm even thinking before that, I'm thinking, like, literally opening sequence where, you know, you're seeing the house. One of the f- things you have to see is la foto de la quince de la niña. Yes. Like, things like that. That is it going to be a huge impact on the movie? Right. No. But it brings off yeah, And the house cannot be a white picket, you know, yeah, no, no, colonial. Not, it's not Connecticut. Yes. No. It's not Connecticut. It has Pick- to be. Miami, tiene que tener New- reja. Miami or LA? Pick tiene one, que pero... tener reja. <laughs> Con mucha jareca, adelante. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and un santo somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Size, size can be debated, yeah. but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, even if it's small. Right? That's what I'm saying. Size can be debated, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's it. It, it. Immediately what I thought, I'm like, you have to have a scene of like a couple of ladies fighting over the centerpiece. Like, I, just see, I could just imagine like a scene like Mirta sitting down looking at the centerpiece. She goes, eso es mío. And then, like, cut away to another scene. And then you go back to Gladys sitting down in la misma mesa de Mirta. Eso es mío. <laughs> and then, you know, a third one, you know. And, like, stuff like that. Because yeah. that's what makes it authentic. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, if you have, you know, white person number two and white person number three thinking, you know, brought in, you know, we're going to be calling it La Fiesta and we're all going to be eating, you know, burritos and La Caliente <laughs> dancing La Bamba. You Ooh, know, get me some sangria, you know, or a mojito. Yeah, a mojito. A mojito. A mojito. Let's have a mojito. Yeah. <laughs> Because I love this Spanish, you <laughs> I love know, this salsa music. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nay, nay. Uh-uh. No, 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 but yeah. <laughs> so as we said, the perfect br- person to play the bride would be this week's guest, Ana Villafañe. Yeah. So Ana Villafañe starred on Broadway as you know our queen Gloria Estefan, mm-hmm. and she's currently on the final season of Younger, which mm-hmm. premiered uh, this week on the I think April fifteenth. It premiered on Paramount Plus. And we had so much fun interviewing her. It was. I mean, it was good company and great food. The interview is only like 30 minutes long, but I think we hung out with her for like two hours. Wouldn't, no, like I think more. And, <laughs> and we were at Finca, Finca? which you will yeah. hear in the interview. I mean, what a better, what a be- like, better place to have it than Finca. Like, I mean, between Union Beer and Finca, can we combine them so we can have all our interviews at that hybrid? I'm totally okay with it. Okay, we'll, we'll see what yeah. we can do. Yeah, so... All right. Well, here's our interview with local girl done good, Ana Villafañe. All right, everybody. So as we said, we have today, quite honestly, one of our, you know, we've talked a lot about our our dream guests, our short list of guests, and we've been doing a pretty damn good job of it this year. Because right now, sitting across from us at Finca, Table and Tap, uh, in the heart of Kendall, Live from live Finca. From Finca. <laughs> <laughs> well, pre-recorded, but live. But from li- yeah, we're doing it live. As we say it, it's live. <laughs> With us is Ana Villafañe. Now, first of all, thank you so much for joining us, Ana. Like, I mean, we you guys know her from New Amsterdam. You know her from On Your Feet. You know her. I mean, there's so many things. that It's, it's funny because I was looking at your IMDb. And it's I'm so like, wild. it's such a wild, it's the it's wild like, west on there. It's, it's like, a, how many of these are true? Because I know sometimes people are like, I don't, I wasn't in that. They just put it there. But it's like, it's crazy how many things you've done, girl. I mean, you know what's weird is I actually 
randomly stumbled up upon my own IMDb the other day because my manager put it on my bio in like for my Instagram and I clicked it almost by mistake and it was like way too late for me to be creeping on myself on IMDb <laughs> but I was like man this is wild and it's actually all true like okay. it is all true and I, I think about it because I think about like my first job here which shot in Key Biscayne and I was a runway model in this Bollywood movie and I'm like wait that seems like 75 lifetimes ago and then add the pandemic and it's like in dog years so I feel like yeah. I feel like I'm a thousand years old so wait is that just like a rule of thumb that like actors and performers don't IMDB themselves I mean, I'm sure some do. I think I don't have the stomach for it. Like, because I, I think like... I would be constantly I I am debeing myself. <laughs> I'd be correcting a, it. a verb. <laughs> I am debeing. Yes, yes. googling. I am debeing. <laughs> so we we always like to you know when we bring guests on the podcast, you know usually they're already very established and in your case have a resume or an IMDb uh, <laughs> filled with uh, things they've done. But take us back to the beginning. Uh, you know, growing up here in Miami, did you always know you wanted to act and perform? How did that develop? So I knew I wanted to do it seriously pretty much in uh, in around fourth grade, which <laughs> I know sounds hilarious. It's like, wow, you knew that you wanted to do it seriously when you were nine. But actually, the truthful answer is yes. Um, I started singing when I was seven. I would do a sleepaway camp at 80 Barnes Park. Oh yes. Um, yeah. Ooh, the rare, yeah. the rare Hispanic kid that was allowed to do a sleepaway camp. I yeah. know. I consider myself a very lucky, very <laughs> lucky child. Um, and there I was in the middle of Bird Road and what 67th Avenue, sleeping in these log cabins. And I, I did a, a talent show. I sang "Lucky" by Britney Spears, and <laughs> obviously iconic. And, um, and, and it just kind of spiraled. So from singing, then what do you do with a kid who can sing? And so my parents put me in theater. I started doing like theater camps. Um, we didn't have like a lot of money to be in the really fancy theater camps, like out of state or anything like that. But I did, Heidi and Joe Melchiona's Dance Center had a musical theater. I camp. remember them. Yeah, that yeah. was like a whole thing. Heidi and, Heidi and Joe. Heidi and Joe yeah. Melchiona's. Yeah. yeah, this is like throwback. Like, you have, if you know, you know. So I started doing those little camps. And then in fourth grade, um, my parents have a friend named Pancho Padura, who now teaches drama at Belen. But at the time, he was working as a regional, like as a theater actor um, regionally here. And he was doing a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in 2000 at Actors Playhouse. And they were looking for kids who could sing. And I could like belt my face off from a very young age. So I, so my parents like didn't know what to do with that. My parents are not in the industry by any means or any stretch of the imagination. And um, I was just this like really active, scrappy kid who really needed a place to put all that energy and so they let me audition and I got my first job by mistake like that it was our after school activity like I would it was fun I, yeah it was fun like I was a part-time student going sometimes to fourth grade and sometimes to work and then after school I would go to the theater my grandfather would drive me and um, and I was doing this show and I remember my dad would go pick me up from the theater and he would sneak into the house to watch the end of the show so he became obsessed with Andrew Lloyd Webber this like guy from El Salvador <laughs> who has this like obsession with Andrew Lloyd Webber now in musical <laughs> theater and it just something clicked being on stage with these professional actors in my khakis and my teal little t-shirt and I was like oh shit like you can be a different person while you sing that sounds fun and that felt like just the most delicious escape and it was so like place and so you were like you were wor uh, uh, a child actor yeah, I mean, I mean, ish, like in Miami, like my parents, 
It's interesting because back then I would have. Oh my god! Like I wanted <laughs> so badly to be a real child actor. Like I wanted to like go do Hollywood auditions and stuff. Right. And I felt this hunger. And I remember being having a lot of resentment for my parents, being like, "Oh, like they want me to be this like normal cookie cutter kid down here." Like, and then little did I know that it was kind of preparing me for for this real world that I stepped into. And it's a good now face. I'm grateful. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually got signed off of doing a musical at Lourdes in the cafetorium, which in case you're unaware, that means a cafeteria with a stage, which is where we did mass and where we did our musicals. What musical was it? I just something new. I'm sorry. <laughs> you never heard of cafetorium? My, my, my elementary. elementary school yeah. had a cafetorium and had a stage. There you go. I didn't realize it was a hybrid of both worlds. Oh, yes. Oh, it yeah. sure is. I just thought it was like a... Wow. <laughs> Wow, you know, you learn something every day. That is the learn portion of the episode. (laughs) Vocab word. (laughs) Today's word is cafetorium. Yes, I know, and it's it's crazy. I mean, like, I remember. So in high school, I started. I was like, again, very very active in terms of just my imagination because I wanted to be anywhere else. To be honest, yeah. I would write shows and cast my friends and myself as the leads. And put them on, and they and the school would invite Epiphany to go watch it. So like, I would like write. I wrote like a Christmas show that was based on the game Candyland called Christmas in Candyland. I wrote um, a Grinch story. I, I didn't know like, she was a playwright too. Wow. <laughs> well, I've always had a little bit of that. Like I've always been um, just creative in general, you know. So so it definitely was born, you know, at a, a good old. Our Lady of Lourdes in South Miami. So what would you say, because, uh, you know, again, so many people, when they see somebody who's already established and, you know, has done so many things, they always say, well, what led them there? Because there's so many people who try and maybe don't get as far as you have. What was, like, your big break where you feel, okay, this led me... Christmas in Candyland. (laughs) (laughs) This led me to these other great things or to the next level, as they say. You know... Um, I know that this is going to sound very like hippy dippy and whatever, but I genuinely I can remember my freshman year in high school when I started prioritizing um, a career that I didn't even have at the time, but I I was already making choices for this you know hypothetical career, and so I kind of dove in head first, regardless of the fact that I didn't want to be at that school. I wanted to go to New World because I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be taken seriously, but my parents were like, "Tu vas a ser rara." If you go to, you know, if you go to one of these art schools, you're gonna come out super weird, and you're gonna, you know, I don't know. Like they had all these preconceived notions, and they were scared, which is fair. It's a completely different world to what they are used to. So I just made it work. I was like, all right, I can't be an art school. I'm gonna turn this into an art school. So I, you know, just dove into all of it, and I was, you know, doing the Thespian Honor Society. I was the president of my choir, even though I hate choirs. I've hated choirs since I was in second grade, but I, I felt that the only way I could do it at all and survive was to thrive in it. So I, instead of, like, kicking and screaming and just becoming a recluser, like, kind of staying on my own, I, I tried to thrive in the environment um, and try to make it more what I wanted to see it be. And, um, and I'm proud of that. Like now, like looking back, it's kind of fun. Hey, that's no small feat for a teenager to, to, to <laughs> pull that together. Like that takes dedication and like focus. I mean. Well, and that's what I, you know, so that's my only answer to the question, I think, is, is when it shifted into, okay, what am I going to do about it? Like stop crying about the position you're in, the place you're in. Like this is not New York. This is not LA. You're not a child star. Get over it. Like make yourself 
useful and create what you're yearning for, I guess. Um, so I think that when I when I quit the the cheerleading team and decided to focus on singing, I think that's like the pers that that was the moment where I started taking myself seriously, um, if that makes sense. Which then I think led to all of the other things because when I got signed, which was my senior year in high school, it almost made sense. Like the director came to me and told me that this guy had seen me in the show and wanted me to go audition for this Lifetime movie. And I remember going to Kinko's with my dad. He took a picture of me in our backyard with like a disposable <laughs> camera. And we went to Kinko's and we printed it out eight by 10. And um, I had like braces still. And like we literally went to Lincoln Road to Universal Casting. And we did this audition, and, and that was it. From there, I was flown to L.A. to see if I would get signed, and then I got signed immediately. I was wearing a dress from Forever 21 that I was so proud of. Um, and, and, and then I moved. It was just, it was crazy, but it also wasn't that crazy. Um, I like to quote Alex Dindalaris, who wrote On Your Feet and who, you know, ca casual Academy Award winner. He always says, surprising inevitability. Right. Like, it was surprising, but it was also weirdly, at by that point, inevitable. Like, Eileen will tell you, Eileen, of course, who owns Finca, where we're sitting right now, but, like, she was one of my best friends from a very young age, and I was always that weirdo. Like, oh, like, everyone's going to a party? Cool. I'm going to rehearsal. You <laughs> always took it very seriously. This wasn't, like, because I feel a lot of times in show business, especially, a lot of people may get into it for the wrong reasons, for the vanity, the popularity. Totally, totally. This is what you had to do. You know, the irony of that is... It never made me more popular. I always, it's like, um, I don't know if you guys wear, okay, you wear glasses. So when you don't have your, I don't know if you can see from far or from close. I cannot see from far away. But in my life, I've always had vision more for far away than for what's in front of me. Where when I was in high school, I was already thinking about this interview. I was already thinking about 10 years from now. I was already, th I was envisioning things and trying to, lay a foundation for a life that I wanted to build that would take me out of the reality. Not because I was, not because there's anything wrong with Miami or with the school or with my friends or with anything. It's just, I didn't feel like it fit. That's very deep for a teenager yes. to feel. I'm As not I take lie. a sip of my Wu-Tang Flan cocktail. So, that thing is so good. Like, no joke, guys. When you come to Finca, have the Wu-Tang Flan cocktail. It's Honestly. Really I always good. tell people it's protein. There's like an egg in it. Yeah, it's like healthy. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's basically an omelet. It's, it's almost, and an egg white omelet at that. <laughs> Exactly. So... Fast forward a couple years, you know, as you, we mentioned on your feet, you mentioned, you know, Gloria. So that's actually the first time we saw you. Yeah. Was on stage on Broadway in the role of Gloria. Literally, we were we went to go see you while you were still in previews. So wild. Oh, my God. It was, and I've told the story before, but I will tell it again because I like telling my stories. We yes. Are, we, we like telling things ad nauseum. It was actually, I was living up in New York at the time. He had come to, to help me move back down. Oh, okay. And literally, my last night in New York, we went to go see On Your Feet. Oh, my God. And there was just something about watching, you know, watching you and the story of Miami people, played by people from, well, I mean, you and, and Andrea are from Miami, yeah. but, but Josh is from Orlando. Orlando, like, yeah. So it's, 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 it's very it's, homegrown. It's very homegrown and the references or whatever. And it was just, I, I have to tell you, not because you're sitting in front of us, <laughs> It was probably the best way to end my time in New York that oh. I could have asked for. And so, you know, I said this to Andrea and I'll say this to you, you know, thank you for that because it just put the button so perfectly we, on we it. We felt very proud because, uh, you know, people that are, are Cuban American and we're from Miami, like when we were watching that show in New York, we were like, 
okay, we 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 see it differently than everybody else. Totally. <laughs> because this is yes, it's Gloria Stefan's story, uh, you know, portrayed by you, but this is our story yes. as a community. So talk to us a little bit about that because that's just like my gosh, you played like our god, you know, like uh, the, the, Cuban queen. Fairy the queen, the queen, the actual like. queen, honestly. Um, well, first of all, thank you because like there's nothing more. Uh, I don't even know what the word would be. There's nothing more delicious to hear than that it means the same to you than it means to us. Because I will say that as 305 the musical, it is like very much at that sensation of pride on stage as well, which is what made it so fun to share and what made it so fun to embody. And also I think what gave us the, the batteries and the fuel and the ammunition to keep going um, for so long up there. But, you know... It's exactly what you say about, sure, you can take it personal, but it's also what she represents was so much, is so much bigger than myself, than any city, than any, even culture. Because sure, there's the dimension of the Cuban American. There's the dimension of the Miami kid. There's the dimension of any Latin American person. There's the dimension of any immigrant person. There's the dimension of any person who's ever struggled and had to hang on to their authenticity at, in the face of such extreme adversity. There's just the inner struggle of, of knowing who you are enough to say, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. I mean, it, it's, it's still life-changing to this day, you know? Full disclosure, when I, I'm not a big musical person, a big uh -huh. person. But when I saw that, I felt, not only did I feel proud, but I felt, like, very empowered. Ah. That, like, you know, this is such a, like, powerful story that is our story as well. You know, we all have a story. And it just, I, it was one of those things that it's like, I went home and told everybody about it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> got, because at that time it was in New York. Yeah, you know, of we course. We didn't know, obviously, us, the audience, we didn't know if it was going to ever come down Tour, here or whatever. of course. Um, and I remember telling my parents, like, oh, my gosh, like, we have to go to New York to see this. You yes. know, because it's, like, incredible. I'm, I'm curious, you know, in terms of, like, the whole audition process, <laughs> you know, how was that? And it, specifically in your case, being Cuban-American from Miami, right. obviously you are very familiar with Glorious. I knew of her as a fan, and I knew of her as a Cuban-American girl growing up in her city, right? So I knew the magnitude from that perspective. And then when I got the job, or well, first when I auditioned, so they sent me they sent me the audition packet. I remember it was a Friday when I found out that I was going to New York and that I was flying on the Sunday to audition Monday. And this was my first Broadway audition ever. Fast forward to getting this first Broadway audition and I never would have imagined it to be playing Gloria. So they send me the sides and they send me the music packet. And I was like, I feel insulted that you even <laughs> sent me the lyrics to these songs. I've known them since they're required reading. Like, this yeah. is not like, how dare you? Yeah. Honestly, I've never seen sheet music for this, but I've known it since before I could speak. So, so that was good because I didn't have to sit there at a piano. Like, I have a degree in music, so like, I didn't have to sit there at a piano plunking out the notes and to get the melodies perfect because I've known them my so whole funny. life. It's like, hello. I know. Like, I was like, hi, how dare like, you? you know honestly. <laughs> like, um, and so, I, so that happened. And then the sides was interesting because it gave me a lot of insight to things I didn't know about her and things that I had to then discover about her and specifically about her relationship with her mother. But then in terms of performing the songs, when I first walked into the audition on that Monday, which was September 29th of 2014, I asked Jerry Mitchell 
upon meeting him, I, you know, they're like, oh, the typical audition moment that they're like, do you have any questions before we begin? And I was like, yes. Um, you know, I don't know how the show is going to be structured, but of these five songs you've given me, are there any that are in concert and are there any that are used like as a theatrical device that I need to act? Good question. Thanks. Well, because it would make such a huge difference, right? And so what I did for that was I studied those songs. I studied the, the videos of her performing, but I researched it to that degree because I figured I've never done a concert, let alone of Gloria Stefan music. So I wanted to have it be really authentic to those performances. Cut to yourself a little bit drunk at a wedding dancing to like rhythm is going to get you. That's what I did, <laughs> you know. Um, and then it wasn't until the callback, which was the next day, which was September 30th, at which um, Gloria and Emilio were actually there. And I was no pressure. Yeah, exactly. I was absolutely beside myself. Th by that point, for the last 24 hours, when they told me I was going to have the callback for them, is when I really dove into. I would write out phonetically how she phrases the songs. Um, and I also wrote down certain moves from those concerts for rhythm and for get on your feet. Do you remember any examples about the, the phrasing, like the phonetic? Yes. So anything for you is how I would say those words. But she says anything for you. She does, yeah. Um, but she sings a lot more wide. She sings a lot more. Um, she doesn't open her mouth as much as I would. And, and she does have a bit of a Miami accent, and she sings a lot in the consonants. So it was, um, it was, a tr it was definitely a, a challenge to <laughs> unlearn certain things that I had learned in music school and to relearn in her way. Um, and then she flew, once I booked the job and you right, know, actually right. started, she flew her coach from Australia, and oh, I wow. worked with him. Yeah. So it was like a whole thing. <laughs> Dang, girl. Like, yeah. I mean, eso fue like tremendo paquete. No, no, no. The transformation yeah. was bing, bang, boom. No, no. But bueno, <laughs> I think that the wig helped. <laughs> was it a wig? That thing. Of course it was a wig. <laughs> I don't it know. was like six wigs. Throughout the entire show, I had like six wigs. They were each like a thousand pounds. So it was very interesting. I, I know a lot about this woman. But like a creepy <laughs> amount of cool <laughs> information. Often as, you know, an audience, we don't see it from that perspective totally because i've always you know independently of what we're talking about her about her i've always been a fan of hers like do you remember yeah. when we were in high school i threw a viewing party for the evolution tour no <laughs> yes. yes the evolution yes. tour uh, that it was here in miami of and course. it was on hbo like it was a big deal oh we my went god to street party for the glory we went album. to the street party when the glory album came out in 98 oh my um, god so i think i'm in street party in south beach i mean but, that sounds know, amazing but we've never my life is that her. street party <laughs> we've never like studied what right. you're saying, like how she says things and her mannerisms. Well, and that's the thing. I knew that people know her too well, and she has a, I mean, international fan base that they know every meticulous detail. And I couldn't do this halfway, you know? So for me personally, sure, there was like all the excitement and like the beauty and like the fulfillment of. Of, of almost honoring my ancestors and like validating like the trip from Cuba here that, that made it so, and from El Salvador, because my dad's from El Salvador, my mom is from Cuba. So I had kind of the objectivity from my Salvadoran side, but I also had the Cuban blood running in my veins and I was raised in Miami, so you can't undo that. And I had this massive responsibility to do it well because there were going to be people checking and yeah. there were going to be people watching the show and saying, oh, that's cute, but it's just like a, you know, an Elvis impersonation you know what, in though, Vegas. I think that also speaks to you as an actor and a performer. Thank you. Because 
because of all that you just said, it could have gone the other way. You could have been <laughs> totally. like, I know Gloria Stefan. I grew up on Gloria Stefan. Right. You know, like, I got this. I got this. Like, I'm going to go in here, yeah, and sing, you know, anything for you. You yeah. know what's wild? I have never, even as I sit here today, I have never felt like I got this um, about On Your Feet. I think the taking myself out of it was the only way to do it. And so I'll never be able to really grasp that I did it. <laughs> it's almost like, I mean, when I first heard about it, I told my former team at the time, I, I was like, I really, I don't know why, I just feel like I need to go in for this. And they're like, but you're not a Broadway girl. You're not trained for musical theater. You're this not your like- your first like Broadway audition yes. type situation, right? And they're like, that's not how it works. Like Broadway people are groomed for Broadway and there's a there's a hierarchy and you make your way up and you you don't have that. And I was like, yeah, but you're not understanding. There's something drawing me to this that, that, that is above and beyond training and above and beyond all this stuff. Just give me the chance because I feel like I feel like I can do some service to this. Ended up being like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Little did I know what I was getting myself into, but uh, cut to I'm living in New York and my face is all over and I was so overwhelmed. And But it was, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. There are some choices that I would make differently, but it has nothing to do with the show. It was more about, I was, it's almost like my life was not ready, and then that show happened, and then it was like, oh, you That's better a lot get of pressure. ready. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, like to your point, you had never done Broadway. It's not like you went from the chorus right. to the, to the right. cassette, so supporting, and then whatever was like, boom, out the gate, you shot out of a cannon. Right. Oh, by the way, you're the lead. You're gonna be the opener of the Macy's Parade. You're <laughs> yeah. gonna do, now that you know you said you know Latin woman, uh, obviously you know something that we still hear about and. and there's a struggle with is representation. Yes. You know, uh, especially proper representation yep. of uh, the Latin community because for so long it was just represented incorrectly with like a broad stroke. Yep. Well, what is your take on that? Do you think it's getting better? Do you think there's still, um, you know, a lot of work to be done? What is your take on where we are right now and where we're going? So listen, even from 2008 to now, which is when I moved to LA and when I really started in the professional uh, landscape it has gotten better I will tell you that however um, I don't think we can get lazy just because it's gotten a little bit better I think thankfully there are now a lot more people in positions of power that reflect the world um, I still don't I cannot wrap my head around why diversity is used as this word this like ethereal word almost like a band-aid to quiet us when really it should be called an accurate depiction of the world <laughs> because diversity is normal. And so by so constantly, right, so by constantly calling it diversity, we are still othering ourselves and still allowing ourselves to be othered. I am not a diversity hire and our shows are not diverse shows. It's a show and it's a great show and it's a great narrative. So I have been very um, picky, especially after um, having a role like Gloria because I cannot move backwards. I cannot do something and paint by numbers just so that they can check the boxes on some studio or network and say, okay, we did our homework on diversity today. No, being Latin is not my story. I don't go to Starbucks and order un cafecito. I go to Starbucks and I order in English. Don't constantly write me to be um, this hybrid just to to check a box. Yeah, to check a box and to also satiate what you think your one-dimensional view of my experience is. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to write a show for Latinx artists, for example, and you are not of Latinx descent, obviously you've done your research, obviously you're doing your best, right? 
but I'm going to need you to know that I have actually more experience than you. And if I say this doesn't feel right, it's in my body, it's in my mouth. So you need to believe us and you need to hear us. And so that's what's beautiful about working with great Latin writers and creators and just people who are more open-minded to our experiences because we can't continue to say yes just so that we get a seat at the table because we have been building our own table. And that's what I love about growing up in Miami and being a Miami kid is that like, I don't see myself as other because here we do run things. We are, we are the people washing the dishes. We are the people owning the restaurant. We are the person ordering. We are the person at home. We are the, like, we're everyone. Yeah. So I didn't grow up feeling um, like I needed to be treated any different way. Also for us, speaking Spanish is not a negative. So I've, you know, when I moved to LA, I didn't understand. My best friend is Mexican and she doesn't speak Spanish. And I was like, why? And, and she said very plainly, she was like, well, my family didn't want me to, to have that issue. Like my family wanted us to really assimilate. And it's interesting because here people hang on to where they're from with a very different sense of Um, it's like a badge I, of honor. Yeah, it's a very different thing. It's a very different sense of pride. You don't even... There are places you can't order a sandwich in Miami without speaking at least a little bit of Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, not a bad literally, thing. Literally, I, I think people in Miami, and we've talked about this before in the podcast, go against assimilating. Yes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's good and bad in everything. Um, it's not a judgment on anyone. It's just my personal face and and body and voice I would like to use it in very particular ways and especially after playing this strong educated empowered woman on Broadway I can't really go backwards then unless it's like really important to the story but don't do it to check a box I can tell when I read a script and the Latin uh, flavor quote unquote right. yeah. is just there to be a little exotic or to give it a little bit of the, spice the token do not Latin tell me character. that yes like I'm like yeah. please don't use those words with me because to me it's not spice to me it's my father got here when he was 16 so have a little bit of you know, tact and just compassion and have a little bit more of a sense of um, humanity to that it wasn't spicy for him to not speak English when he got here. It wasn't spicy for him to not be able to get a job in Atlanta, which is why we moved down to Miami when I was five years old. Like, it's not, it's not fun and exciting just so that you can get a little taste of what we're like behind closed doors. No. If the character is educated and speaks English and is in, I don't know, Iowa, I'm not going to speak Spanish just gratuitously so that you can feel like I'm a little bit more ethnic. And if the character is a Spanish speaker, then I will happily speak Spanish because I'm fluent. I will never forget that either. In my press, you know, in press opportunities, when I'm doing interviews, whether it's on camera or podcast or whatever it may be, like, people sometimes get very surprised and taken aback and they're like wow you have really good spanish i'm like what did you expect i'm so like, why wouldn't i yeah, yeah. Like, i'm allowed to have both so i'm assuming that was probably the case with the character on new amsterdam you know right? she was latina but not capital l latina yes and well and that's the beauty of i loved that because when i first got that breakdown I remember I was actually in New York stage and film. I was developing like Water for Chocolate for the stage, which is happening for Broadway. Very exciting. And I'm playing Tita. And I was on my lunch break for the musical when we did the screen test. And I remember like thinking about that. I was like, man, this is awesome. They've written this character named Valentina Castro. They don't talk about her ethnicity at all. She just is. Right. 
and that's the thing about it. She's this smart, kind of low-key bitch who is the new oncologist. The internet would say it's not that low-key. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've read some, I know. some fans' People takes on your character, her. bro. Oh, yeah. But it was so fun to play a, a, a hated character. So, I mean, you know, I know right now pandemic is crazy and all yes. that, but, but you know, you, you the one thing we've taken away from this conversation is that I think that if we look up, you know, go-getter in the dictionary, it's like your picture's right there. <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, is there anything else that's happening right now that, you know, you can talk about? Because I know there's, there's those things you yes. can, you can maybe announce. You know? Yes, yes. Well, there are two things that I cannot talk about, but um, I was actually very, very lucky during the pandemic to be working. So from October to January, October of 2020 to January of 2021, I was shooting the final season of Younger. I'm yeah. a little jealous. <laughs> That's a hell of a lot of talent in one series. I mean, listen, I worship at the altar of Sutton Foster, obviously. Duh. Obviously, as a uh, good musical theater girl. Tony performance, anything goes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I mean, can you even? Yeah. Like, it's Bible. Except. When I first, the first day that I worked with Hillary, I was like, I'm sorry, I just have to tell you, um, this is what dreams are made of? Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just had to get it out. And she started laughing. I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, you are an icon. And she's like, no, oh my God, everybody says that. So she's like super humble and normal and cool, which was nice to find out too, because like you meet these people and you're like, man, I hope you're not like just the worst. Yeah. I hope this doesn't like forever taint the the vision yeah, in my mind. Especially someone who's been doing it for so long. She yeah, could be jaded. She exactly, could be, you know. exactly. And you hear all those horror stories and stuff. And I have a lot of empathy for like child actors in general, but... But she was just great on set, great to work with. She's also a mom, so she like has she takes zero bullshit, which I loved. You're and talking we about shooting, Hillary. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hillary. And I'm, we, I'm, and, a, I'm a fan. Yeah, she's amazing. And and we were shooting, you know, during this pandemic and everybody figuring things out. So we're getting tested every three days, and um, and and there's all the precautions on set. So it's a, it's different. It's very different being on set nowadays. But but I only say all of that because like, you know. I was not on Broadway at the time when the Broadway shutdown happened, and so like a lot of my friends are have been out of work, and it's been really, really difficult to see that industry like off. It's it's like yeah. actually really heartbreaking. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts a lot, and so um, and I can't even imagine. I would have been in a complete downward spiral, even more than normal human downward spiral, had the show been going on because it's like getting a piece of yourself ripped away from your body. Yeah. But but you know I was very very grateful to join to join younger for their final season which is wild um, so season seven and to be honestly playing opposite Nico I could not ask for more like it was like okay there's a pandemic but I get to make out with Nico for like a couple <laughs> weeks things balance out yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. life has a way <laughs> and at least if you get if you would have caught it you know it was from Nico like, right it, right, right? You can, you can, I'm like there are worse ways <laughs> right. to catch it exactly right oh. I, we just got the uh, the official. You're yeah, getting another cocktail. Getting another cocktail, <laughs> of course. But, uh, Anna, honestly, like I mean, we've talked I think for like an hour. Oh my god, really? Like as usual, we we say this all the time. We're like, we always want to have like 20 minute interviews. That yeah, never totally. happens. It never and, happens. And we could talk to you for like, which is a good thing. Yeah, we could yes, talk to you for like absolutely. six more hours. But like, honestly, at this point, I know we're all kind of hungry too. <laughs> Because we're at Finca and everything is delicious, I, and we're sitting right next to the the kitchen. So like, I wish I could, I wish I could infuse your ears right now as the listeners with like the smells from like the kitchen, right? Mellow audio. Yes, I don't know how that would work. Exactly. But, but you're 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 one of those people that like you you make us proud. You know, oh, yes. Thank not you. only because you know you're Cuban and you're Latin, but you're from Miami. You know, thank you, you. We you know you're you. We're all like 
a part of you in the sense uh, yeah, that for sure we, it's a team win it's a yes, team win yes that's it's the like, best way to put it yeah it's like that's, <laughs> thank you that that's means one a lot. of us out there yeah. and you know n not only have you been so successful but uh, you know there's something to be said about like class and integrity and and you know you're, you're still like really young and you've been <laughs> able to maintain to that thank and you. and that's very important so well, that means the world thank to you me. thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you like I, we're saying thank you and we look at them I know. We just need like these new cocktails. I'm so excited to sit here and talk more <laughs> off air. <laughs> and we're back. Okay, I know we say this all the time, <laughs> but she was one of my favorites. I know it was so much fun. Like I can't honestly cannot wait for COVID to be over so we can you know the the way we went out west we can go up north mm -hmm. and you know hang out with her in New York and she was. It's funny because, you know, we we met her that evening. Yeah, for the first time. And within five minutes, it's like, oh, I've known you forever. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You're one of my BFFs. Like, yeah. hello, we're having, you know, we're having drinks and good food at Finca with our friend Anna. Like, yeah, like, duh, what else so, are we doing like, on a Monday yeah, night? Like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> what are you doing today? Uh, she was great. She was great, great, great. And, you know, as we said in during the interview, she is such an embodiment of like that Miami uh, hustle, you know, uh, yep. her story is very similar to everybody's story. You know, she's Cuban, you know, from a family event, you know, one point of immigrants and, you know, she had a dream and she worked hard and she went for it. And I mean, and, and, and her dream you know, it's it was performing, acting. You right, know, right. Th that's the odds are the, kind of against you. I mean, every the like, odds are yeah. against you. The odds are against you. That's one of those things that you know, a lot of people are going to be naysayers, you know, even yep. if your family's supportive, you know, it's and, not easy. And she, and she did it. And, and it's just to, to, I think for me, and I speak on behalf of both of us, to us, it was a bit of a full circle moment yep. that we, you know, we had said here before when we talked about get on your feet, that how we saw it when it was still in previews. Yeah. The last thing right before I came back from New York, New York yeah. which that was very meaningful. And then, you know, we interviewed her. So and was... we came up with the idea for the podcast on the car ride down. Yes. So yes. it really is full circle. Yes. So <laughs> it was it was great. We love her. She's she's amazing. Yes. And she's a... we we wish her nothing but just success. Yes. This continued success. Continued she's... success. And we're gonna put it out into the universe that she's the bride and father of the bride. Yes. Let's Remake. put it out into the universe. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She's Andy Garcia's daughter. I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? Who better? Exactly. <laughs> Who better? Exactly. <laughs> So, um, well, it is, uh, it's time for the last sodas. So I want to go first. Do it. So I think I may have given him a last soda, but the thing is that this is episode 152. <laughs> We've given a lot of sodas. I gotta keep a, true. I gotta keep like a we tangible should. list we of should. sodas. I am giving my soda okay. to LeVar Burton. But there is a reason why I'm giving him a soda. Is this because of the article that I sent you the other day? Nobody can host Jeopardy other than LeVar Burton. Yeah. LeVar Burton has to be... It makes sense. So... It makes all sense in the so world. So to our listeners who are like, LeVar Burton, I know that name. I know that <laughs> name. Okay. But who's LeVar Burton? Okay. I have always... I've, I want to say that I've said this for a year. Not that he's going to host Jeopardy, but it's something that you and I have mentioned. Yep. I think we before, mentioned it here. And I have talked about it at length with people. LeVar Burton, a lot of people... I, I don't, I don't want to say that he's not a household name. A lot of people don't... He's a household name without knowing he's a household name. Right. 
a lot of people don't know who he is, but they know who he is. Right. LeVar Burton has starred in three of the most iconic and important moments in pop culture yep. history of all time, right? Yep. He was Kunta Quinte in Roots. The original Roots. Which is one of the most iconic and landmark moments mm -hmm. in TV. American television history. Absolutely. Then he was... Uh, Jordy LaForge on Star Trek The Next Generation. In Star, Tre in Star Trek. He's a Trekkie. And it was The Next Generation, which was the first new Star Trek after the original. Right. So that's a big so, deal. So, you know, he, in the science fiction world, he's, he's a like, you know, he's <laughs> up there. Yeah, he's right? iconic. Yeah. I, an, another iconic role. Yeah. And then he hosted Reading Rainbow Hello. for what it feels like 50 years, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, inspiring generations and generations and millions of children to read. So he, I mean, you want to talk about accomplished? It's like... That's a pedigree, my friend. Those are, th and and again, I feel that he's he's one of these people that like we know who he is because that's the type of stuff that's that us. we would know. Yeah, yeah. But I think that if you stop a random person in the street, they know the guy from Reading Rainbow. They know Jordy. They know they've heard of Roots. But right. They probably. If you ask who's Lavar Burton, they're gonna be like, who? Wait, who is that? I know that, that person. I know that, I know yeah. that person. Yeah. Right. So. I think that he deserves like I, I he should be an egot as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Just give him just the damn give him, EGOT. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> give him all the awards, so, right? Line it up. But when I saw the whole Jeopardy thing, it's like now it I sense. cannot think of anybody. Okay, there's nobody but better. LeVar Burton there's nobody better. Jeopardy. Because I we we well we talked about I, it in the show. Yes, we did. The host of Jeopardy, whoever they pick, is a tricky host. It's tricky. Yeah. It, it, it's, it can't necessarily just be charm. Yes. Yes. You have to have a certain gravitas. You have to back it up. Yeah, a certain weight. Right, because Alex, I mean, Alex Trebek started it, but Alex Trebek came across very intelligent, like the source of like... Like, like a professor. Right, right. And yeah. LeVar Burton already has like the the credentials. Yeah. Like, and he probably has doctorate degrees. Some honor, yes. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yes. sure he has some doctorate. And doctor. we just made him an EGOT. Like, I know, what else do people want from life? God, he's been to space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What more do you want from the man? <laughs> and, you know, he helped millions and millions and millions of children read. I mean, they should give him a Nobel Peace Prize. For in, that? A Nobel Prize in literature. You know? Well, you know what? Throw that on the pile with the ego. Yes. <laughs> what else you got? Yes. Yeah. So that is why he should host Jeopardy. I agree. So my soda, my whole entire 12-pack of soda goes to LeVar Burton. I feel like it's a case what you're yes. giving him for sure. Yes. Like from, from some warehouse store. Yes. Yes. LeVar Burton deserves every accolade there is. And he's earned it. <laughs> love it. I love it. So... My last soda is actually... A I was so excited about my last soda. I could tell. Oh my God, you're like transformed. I love it. And it's like, I think I think like your hair even, you know, the gray even went away. You got so excited. It just, you know, regenerated. Um, so my last soda is actually, it, it's actually a little closer to home. It is for a project that is currently on Kickstarter. And I believe that as of the day this premieres, so this we this episode premieres on April 16th, I think it only has like maybe five or six days left of a Kickstarter campaign. And it is actually a graphic novel called The Dusk, D-U-S-K. And it is created by, and I'm scrolling up, it is created um, by Elizabeth Little. And Alex David Hahn and our friend Alex Segura. We went to high school with Alex. He's been on the show. We he's, love Alex. We love Alex. He's uh, one of the, I think he's co-president at Archie Comics. No big deal. 
no big deal. But um, and also has a series of books and has a series of no crime crime noir, and you know he's written. I, you know what I always say. About he wrote a Star Alex, Wars book. What I always say about Alex. I like to think that I was the one who started his literary career because I'm the one who made him editor in chief. I think you are. Yeah. I'd like to think you are. I'd like to think that I had something to do with that. I mean, in your own small way, you yes. did. But um, you know, I, I actually I will say I I backed it already. Obviously, in Kickstarter, when you donate, there's different levels, and you can get you know rewards and what have you. Um, but it ties back to what we were saying earlier, where about representation because I'm going to give you a little synopsis of the of the story. So, Blackstone public defender Jaime Núñez, former baseball hero now divorced dad to a precocious teen, is always trying to do his best, but the criminal justice system is not without limits. When Jaime comes into an unexpected fortune and some surprising superheroic tools, he discovers there might be another more direct way to do some actual good in the world. So, you know, it's a Latino lead in, you know, in in the comic book world, there's not that many of us. And yet it feels kind of like what Anna was saying in her interview, which is he is Hispanic, but it is not, he's, you know, he's the dusk. He's not, you know, el atardecer, you know? And so it's all about representation. And um, if you have a chance, if you can jump on Kickstarter, um, I don't remember what the last date is. Oh, sorry. Yes. The last date to get it funded is April 22nd. And I think that they're at like 80% or 85% of the goal. So Please, 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 if you have a couple bucks to spare, you know what? Take a look and, and help help them make their dream come true. Cool. See, from LeVar Burton to Kickstarters, we like to support everybody here. We on do. We you. are a very positive podcast. <laughs> Even though our first topic was a bit of a downer, but important to talk about. It was a bit of a downer, but, you know, we, we hope that we eventually don't have to have those conversations. Yeah. I mean, I always like, I know a lot of people listen to us to laugh um, and have a good time, which, you know, we love, right. but you sometimes know, you just, but some, you know, sometimes you have to talk about things that are very difficult, you know, yeah. it's life. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you go to trivia on Wednesday, April 21st at Beat Culture Brewery. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, we hope everybody listened, laughed and learned. And as always, grab your pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. Yep. And thank you for joining us, everybody. That was episode 152. Have a great weekend. Pero Friday. Have a great, great time. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.